Hey guys, ML here. If you're looking to start a podcast, start with Buzzsprout. If you let them know we sent you through the link below, you get, when you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. How cool, right? You get free money for signing up to get your podcast started. So Buzzsprout gets you the show listed every major podcast platform that you need. That's Amazon, that's Google, that's Alexa, every place. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio plays that you can drop into your own website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and so much more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Just wanted to let you know and share the love. Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Vustrak. Our Today's show is brought to you by Women's Boutique Clothing and Jewelry for all your um, special occasion needs. I'm here today with guest Boris Rivers. Welcome. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Now, you're a writer, a teacher, and a speaker. So which came first? Um, pretty much the, uh, the the teaching the teaching part came first. Um, actually, by professional training, I've I've been a college professor for a number of years, and um, and then writing uh, became a real passion of mine about seven years back. Um, I mean, I always loved writing my whole life, but really in the last seven years, it's been uh, a bigger and bigger part of my life. Right. And you just had COVID-19 and humanity's spiritual awakening just yep. come out not too long ago. So obviously this is about COVID as we see so many things, but what is your take on this? Yeah. So my take um, in, in this book um, that was released uh, in February of this year, you know, I, I, my, my take is to offer a positive outlook on how we can use this event for our own self-empowerment and, and spiritual awakening. But I do want to put the, the book does come with a, a major caveat, and that is that this pandemic has created immense suffering for many, many, many people, whether it's the elderly, those with pre-existing conditions, uh, whether it's uh, Native American communities, which have been hit hard immensely, um, and, and not to mention even people who haven't gotten sick um, are struggling with mental health issues. We haven't seen anything like that in, in recent memory. And then, of course, those who have lost loved ones um, and, and suffering with the tragedy of that. Um, so, the book actually acknowledges the immense suffering 
that people are facing. And, and that cannot go uh, unmentioned when, when discussing this book. Right. But out of, but out of that suffering, I want to say there's a real opportunity here for, uh, for an awakening. And um, there are some positive aspects that haven't really been part of this narrative that, that are also present. Well, we have a lot of mentors that I work with are if you went into the pandemic and you didn't learn something, something new, some new skill, something, you wasted an entire year because we have had time to be with our family. We've had time to go back to school online. We've had time to figure out creative ventures. We have had time to do things that we didn't have time a year ago. Precisely. Same time though, we have all this negativity, all the, how am I gonna pay my bills? I just lost a loved one. I'm cooped up in the house. I have nothing to do. So you're constantly. I I lost my, I lost my job. Mm -hmm. You know, people who have lost, who have been out of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have both sides of the spectrum happening at the exact same time. So we have to look at it from both points of view. Yes, this is horrible. If you look at the negative, Mm -hmm. if we look at the positive, then we have a lot of room to grow as a humanity. Precisely. And that, and Melissa, that's precisely my, my message in this is, and I have narratives throughout the book of people who have used this to explore. Uh, for example, I have, uh, I, I refer to some friends who have used this time to, to spend gardening mm-hmm. and really developing their, their uh, relationship with the earth. Uh, I have a friend who started his own YouTube channel to help uplift people. Uh, I have a, f- some friends I mentioned in the book who have, who took the time to learn to live more intentionally off the land in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this has been a really interesting time. If from a more spiritual perspective, it's been a great time to reflect on death and existential issues. Uh, it's been a great time to take up a meditation practice to deal with all this intense anxiety that many people are understandably facing. Um, so there's been a there's been there there there's there's some light shining through. There is, and there's a lot of give and take right now. If we mm-hmm. look at it, I had had a whole year to be with my daughter, yeah. and relearning all of her little quirks, as we call them. <laughs> she's autistic, so she has a lot of quirks that, you know if she's at school for eight hours a day, I don't always see except in the summertime. Well, now I've had her from home for a whole year. So I've relearned my daughter. I've relearned my mom. I've relearned my grandmother. Yeah, there's times that we have to be separated because that much closeness all the time is not positive. But at the same time, we had a chance to relearn each other. That's beautiful. So it's like a... You, you, what you're describing is just like deepening your relationships. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've, you've found more depth and more profound understanding. Exactly. That's, that's incredible. I mean, if people didn't go into the pandemic, okay, 
I have kids at home. I need to relearn my kids because I've been sending them to school for eight hours a day for nine months. Well, we're not doing that now. Well, we're getting back to that. But last year we weren't. So we're relearning our children. We're relearning how to be parents again. Yeah, and we're we're and we're learning and we're we're learning what matters more in life. Everything you're describing with uh, forming deeper connections to your own family. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're 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 reexamining our priorities in our life and what really matters. Uh, we're seeking a more authentic way of relating to the world. We are. And, and we're seeing a lot more entrepreneurs come up out of this because mm-hmm. we're stuck at home. So what do we do? We invent things. We invent work. It's, it's, re, it's And one of my points in the book too is it, what you just said, Melissa, that it's, it's, it's like a reawakening of mm-hmm. our creativity. Um, and I actually have a chapter in the book that talks about how this period, when the dust settles, mm-hmm. and we're able to take a, a longer range view of everything, how one of the things to be noted may be a great renaissance in creativity that comes out of this, art and music and writing. This may be looked at, we may look at this period in a very similar fashion we looked at the 60s and 70s right where there was a huge explosion out of great suffering in vietnam and mm-hmm. civil rights movement and violence and all these kind of negative things political corruption out of all of that came a great renaissance in art and music and, and writing and and there's something to be said out of that i mean suffering. we can even go back through history to the plague in Europe in the, I forget what year, but then we had the explosion of art taking over. We, that's where we got the Van Gogh and we got Leonardo and we got all this wonderful art from that time. Absolutely. And I, and I think there's a direct relationship between suffering and between those kinds of moments of awakening. And yes, the suffering is, is horrific. And, and to be clear, there are people out there who have suffered far worse than I mm-hmm. on this pan- from this pandemic. And I want to, you know, I want people to know that I'm, you know, I, I've been relatively fortunate in many circumstances, but out of that suffering comes tremendous opportunities for growth and for awakening. And like you just mentioned, out of some, out of some horrifically tragic periods, in humanity's history, it has led to the pendulum swinging the other way out of that mm-hmm. to, to great periods of enlightenment and, um, and, and, and great renaissances. Yes. We have to have the negative to find the light again. Every time we step away from the light, that's when we have these negative events in history. Mm-hmm. We have to have them to go back to enlightenment either it's spiritual, either it's art, you know, whatever it is, it's a personal development. And we can all look at it differently. But at the same time, if you look at it from a history point of view, this is what has happened. Absolutely. And I would point out in many of like the, the Eastern and indigenous traditions, mm-hmm. uh, they, they mostly argue read, you know, Buddhist or Hindu traditions, or even many Native American traditions, the, 
suffering and enlightenment or awakening are directly tied together. There's no black and white. The, the two are intimately related. Yin and yang. If you and go, and yang, in, exactly. go into the Chinese or the Asian culture, yin and yang is there. It's intertwined. You cannot have one without the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have this wonderful book out. Are you thinking about doing more books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually have just begun. Uh, I don't have a name for it yet, but mm -hmm. it's going to be about a piece about how nature can help heal our souls. And, uh, you know, and I, I bring in a lot of personal experience uh, and I've started work on it. Um, and I also just basically finished a short story collection. I'm going to call it... Um, beyond the void spiritual adventure stories and you know in the next year i'll probably Put you out. know promote it and send it out well we okay this is what i tell a lot of people when they come on the show we as readers think oh i have to wait a year for another book well it takes a year sometimes five to write one book yeah it takes Take take a while. Oh, the the one I wrote just now though seemed to come mm -hmm. very organically and quickly because of the rapid pace of the events related to COVID. Right. But but normally, yes, absolutely. Most books take a while to finish. I mean, I had one book I wrote within a month. It was just there in my head. I have another one. It's taken me three years to write it and it's just now coming out. So as a reader, I'm reading a book from one of my favorite authors. I'm like, there's going to be another one because of the way the book ends. And then it's like, oh, I have to wait a year. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it, that's kind of how it goes. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, the writing process. Sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes, like you said, it's right there. And by the way, a month, that is, that is, that's incredible. Right. Well, writing a, a book in a month. I, I did Nano the one year and I was like, I'm going to win Nano and you don't really win Nano as a personal development thing. But um, I was like, I'm going to write this 50,000 word book in a month. And I did. And I ended up saying being around 80,000 words by the time I got done. That's a yeah. busy month. That's an incredible month. That's a very, uh, very busy month. Yes. Yeah. I was writing about a chapter a day. So it was a very busy month, but it was very, it pushed myself to the limit. It was probably very fulfilling too, to be able to, to be able to do that. It was, it was a very enlightening situation. I will not do that again because I don't have time to do that again because all I was doing was writing. But for most authors, you don't write a book in a month. You can write a rough draft in a month. You do not write a whole book in a month. <laughs> uh, I thought eight, eight months was, eight or nine months was pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's how long it took me to write this book. About nine, yeah, about nine months. And I thought I was really moving, but that's no month. <laughs> <laughs> Try Nana one year. It's takes place in March, I believe from March 1st to March 30th. So it's going on right now, but it tracks how many words a day you're writing. 
and it pushes you for personal development as an author and actually gets your mind to write this book instead of procrastinating like we do a lot. Absolutely. But then again, you're also teachers, so you're not procrastinating. You have a day job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you said you're a college professor. So what college course do you teach? You know, it's kind of a strange, it's strange and people wouldn't normally guess this, but I, but I actually teach uh, government classes, which is sort of strange. And my interests have moved uh, greatly over the years towards mm-hmm. more philosophy and uh, meditation. I just got a, um, I'm nearly complete with a certification to be a meditation teacher uh, that I've been working on. And um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm moving. So, um, and that's why I took a, that's why I took the pen name. Mm -hmm. I did too, to kind of signal the difference between what I was trained in there and then what I'm doing now. Right. A lot of authors, when we get training into one thing, we do not use our real name because the subject matter is completely different from our day life. Totally, totally different. I can say spending less time discussing government and moving more into what I would call the more like foundational aspects of what it means to be human means a lot more. You know, and I, I yeah. find much more peace discussing these matters than talking about government, particularly in these times. So, yeah, you don't want to get into a conversation with government because, regardless of what point of view you have, it's wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. You but if you talk about either. nature and a tree, you completely can relate because everyone sees a tree as a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, and everybody has a different experience with that tree too and what exactly. it means to them. Right. It could be giving you shade. It could be give, cooling you down. It could be something to sit back and lean against where you're reading. Every tree is different, but a tree is a tree is a tree. Where in government, exactly. whatever your point of view is, is wrong. <laughs> it's very black and white. Yes. And, and I think more than anything, you know, in this, in this book, I am trying to get far away or move far away from that kind of black and white thinking. Right. Which I think has been a source. Actually, I think it's, it's, it's created and gendered more suffering. Yeah, it has. I mean, I just over the pandemic did some law courses and government courses as part of my research for my writing. So it's all related, but I had to take the courses to get my head back where I needed it to be. So it is related, (laughs) but at the same time, it's so black and white. I'm like, do I really need to go to class to finish the class? Or do I have enough knowledge right here to say, okay, I have the knowledge. That's it. (laughs) You know, that's a really good point you bring up with, with that example of you taking the classes, Melissa. Like I think hopefully out of all of this, we've been in, we've Mm -hmm. experienced with COVID, hopefully we start seeking more wisdom Mm -hmm. than just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Hopefully wisdom, uh, direct experience, direct experience and, and seeking Mm -hmm. something, something deeper to our lives. Hopefully that's something that has come out of all of this. Well, we can hope that's what people take away from this. I hope that's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. We cannot have this 
barbaric um, mentality anymore. We have to look at greater meanings to move forward. We cannot look at things black and white. We have to have a means of conversation between the black and white. We have to have that gray area. 100%. And I would also add that, you know, if we want to really focus on addressing suffering in our society, not only do we have to move beyond black and white thinking, Mm -hmm. but we also have to work on like empowering ourselves and spending time working on ourselves in here. Right. And as more people work on themselves in here, then it, then it, it, it filters out in the larger society. I think there was an old, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. there was an old quote from Confucius and he basically was saying, if you want to get the world in order, you have to basically start with yourself first and then it expands outward. Yes. So once you get yourself in order, the house gets in order, then the family gets in order, then the community, then the nation, right. then the world. But we also cannot go back and blame our ancestors for where we are today. We have to have the responsibility of ourselves to raise ourselves up. 100%. I could not agree more with that statement. I mean, I cannot blame my grandmother, who's elderly, for where I'm at today. It's based on the choices I've made as a human, as a person, to be where I'm at today. What choices I made five years ago affects where I am today. Choices I make today are going to either lay the groundwork for something five years from now or leave another broken path. Absolutely. And hopefully, again, one of the things I hope come out of this book mm-hmm. and out of this period that we've all collectively been through is just that message that it starts with you. It starts with self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. It starts with um, you transcending your own obstacles yeah. and, and, and truly awakening, you know, and I, and I think you couldn't have put that any better. I mean, we can go to um, mentors and motivational speakers like Damon John. We can go to motivational speakers like Antonio Smith. We can go to Brad Blazer. They all have the same basic meaning. You have to start with yourself. And some of the and some of the greatest spiritual teachers taught that. Uh, one of my biggest influences is Ram Das. You know who recently passed away, uh, 2019, right before this whole pandemic began. But his words are more ring more true than ever. And his whole thing was about self-empowerment and about individual awakening, building the compassion within yourself, evolving as a human soul, and then spreading that love, if you will, outwards. Right. And, and, um, and that message was taught by Buddha, and Lao Tzu, and Christ, and all of the great teachers who have come have always delivered that message that it starts yeah. with you and spreading it out. Yeah, we see this regardless of religion. We see this regardless who your mentors are. We see this regardless of what inspirational, motivational person you gravitate to. It all comes to you. It does, absolutely. 100%. I mean, I can, we can sit there and tell people how to find you, you know, you as in yourself, 
but we cannot make them find that person within themselves. They have to take that first step. And that's a, and that's a hugely important point. And, you know, and, and admittedly, that's a key message in this book. Mm -hmm. Some people may not be ready for that message mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yes. And some people may be ready for that message and that's great. And I think the idea of what you just said is people have to come to that themselves that really, if you want to see change in the world, you have to, and it sounds cliche, you have to have that change in yourself first. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a, that can be a tough message to swallow when you get consumed understandably in all of the suffering Yes, that we've seen in the last year. Um, and I will admit during the first stage of the pandemic, I got so depressed. I lost myself. Oh gosh, absolutely. I mean, and, it, we all do it. We all go through that self doubt, fear and everything else. You have to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to move forward. I just don't know how to do it yet. And then and you start thinking. And once you start thinking and using your brain, you find yourself and you move forward. 100%. And I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if, if we didn't admit that during this period, we've had some fear mm -hmm. and we've had some sadness and we've had some you know, suffering we've gone through. But like you just said, there's a great opportunity to use that to empower ourselves mm -hmm. and to improve ourselves. Exactly. So we're almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Yeah, so, uh, so they can find me. I have a, a website, uh, forestrivers.com. Um, and I also have a blog uh, on that same website. So if you go to forestrivers.com, you can find my blog on there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. And if you type in uh, Forest Rivers, within the next week, I'll have a, my first video up uh, on a YouTube channel. Awesome. Um, that's, that's meant to sort of empower people. And all you would, all you would just type in is uh, Forest Rivers uh, and, and, that'll, and that'll show up. Well, here's this thing for you. Buzz, Buzzsprout, if you go get an RSS feed, which is free, and you link it to your Buzzsprout, then you get more distribution for audio because then you have the option of getting your audio out there to more listeners. Wow, that's a really great idea. I think I'll do that. That's fantastic. I, I mentor in a lot of areas. So. Very clearly, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and the book is on Amazon, uh, so if you, go on to Amazon. Um, it's, it's through uh, uh, an independent publisher. Um, and you can find if you just type in Forest Rivers, COVID-19 in Humanity Spiritual Awakening, it's, it's in Amazon and you can type that in and the book will pop up in both print and Kindle editions. So for our viewers, if you look below us in the comment section, you will find all the links that you need. Fantastic. So thank you so much for being on the show today. No, thank you. The, this, this was a great, uh, a great privilege to be on this show. 
And for our listeners and our viewers, happy reading. Much peace, everybody.